nchc.tv studios behind the mask hockey shops present college hockey west weekly behind the masks college hockey west weekly is brought to you by jesse ray's barbecue the best in barbecue las vegas style the nchc and nchc subscribe to nchc.tv to watch the best in college hockey since 2013 the tag creative group Search tgranrudd at redbubble.com and let us create a unique gift for you or someone special. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations or go to behindthemask.com whether you're on ice or online. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos where an iconic vacation awaits you at any of our destinations. The Spaghetti Shack. Classic Italian comfort food quickly with locations in Tempe and Pine Top. Order online at spaghettishack.com. Liberty University. Play for something more. Faith, education, and hockey at liberty.edu. College Hockey, Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. Jets Pizza. At jetspizza.com, discover all of our signature pizzas. And by the Caesars Sportsbook app, a proud partner of the NHL. College Hockey West Weekly from the nchc.tv studios, presented by Behind the Mask, as a part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. Well, good evening, hockey fans, to a Tuesday night, another episode of College Hockey West Weekly. Scott Strandy with you over the Christmas holiday and uh, still in Carlsbad, California. My co-host is always joining me from that big, beautiful, festive estate out on Long Island, New York. Paul Hornstein. Paul, how are you? And, uh, Merry Christmas belated by a day. Well, yeah, Merry Christmas. Um, happy Boxing Day, by the way. Happy Boxing Day. I just saw a <laughs> Twitter post like, every year I try to read what Boxing Day is, and I never know. I mean, you know, yeah. I know it's a, me, I don't, listen, I'm not British or Canadian. I know it's about, I don't know, un, I don't know, whatever the heck. Are you taking the stuff out of the boxes? I don't know. Uh, I well, guess we cares? can ask our guest tonight. He might know. He's from Minnesota. He's close enough. <laughs> well, isn't he? It, it, isn't where he's? Isn't where the czar from? Uh, north of some Canadian cities? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not. Uh, no. Well, some Michigan cities are, aren't they? I don't think so. No, not north of. Well, I don't know. I guess I guess if you went up to the Upper Peninsula, it might be north of Toronto, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'm just asking. I don't know. Anyway, I'm not counting Alaska, obviously. So we so we get through the Christmas holiday, and now the hockey teams are right. traveling again. As is our guest tonight, the head coach from Air Force, who uh, so gracious to come on. I, I tell you every time I reach out to him, and he says. Hey, uh, we're traveling today. I'm going like, okay, well, no problem. And he says, yeah, I'll come on. What time? <laughs> I'm going like, you're traveling with your team to a tournament this weekend, and which, yeah. by the way, starts on Thursday. And and you're going like, yeah, I'll come on. It's no problem. I'm going like, oh, man, we got some of the greatest coaches ever. We do. Uh, we that do. will jump on right last. So we appreciate that, certainly. Frank Serratore will join us here in about 10 minutes or so. Um Paul, the world junior is taking center stage. Canada doesn't disappoint. U.S. doesn't disappoint. Are they on a collision course this early? Oh, it's way too early. It's just way too early. Um, Who's going to stop them? 
because they both look dominant. Well, first of all, first of all, let's not forget who the home team is. Uh, the Swedes. Yep. Correct. Okay. And why did Team uh, USA have to beat up on my Norway her- my Norwegian heritage? Um, I, I wouldn't say they, they beat be up nice? on them. Couldn't they be nice? Couldn't they just play nice and make it a two-one game or something? I I I wouldn't say they beat <laughs> up on the Norwegians. No, but I'm I mean, in all seriousness, um, as as I watched the replay of the game that just ended, obviously the game was earlier today, and you know a chance to watch it live. Um, first of all, I I remember in the olden days when the Norwegians were normally amongst the top countries. Um, they, they were not as physical as this group was today. Um, I don't remember the Norwegians really, uh, initiating a lot of physical contact. You know, they, 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 they obviously uh, have gone to school on the Swedish and Finnish programs and, and, and f- tried to find out why they passed those guys, why they passed them up. So, so so much where this is the first time the Norwegians have been in the world juniors that I can remember. And obviously I don't go back that far, but I thought they played well today. I thought they played the, the normal underdog game. I, I thought they, withstood, they, they withstood the early U S assault. Um, and then interesting to say that because, um, you say it that way, and David Carl said when he looks at it, he thought his team got better as the game went on. Well, in the second period, as they came out after the the, the first intermission, zero uh, I zero. The North- by the way, nothing, nothing. Um, <laughs> I, I so thought. <laughs> well, yeah, I had my other response for other things, but you didn't hit on it. So, um, okay. Um, <laughs> And I and, and I thought the Norwegians oh, came out at this. Well, they're sleeping uh, right now. Okay. Remember the okay. time difference. Um, uh, I I thought, you know, it, it, the Norwegians came out at the start of the second period and were definitely the better team, and they had a bunch of chances, just like the U.S. did in the first period. Couldn't convert. Uh, Norway had a bunch of chances. The first half of the second period, um, didn't take it. Did did score. It includes that includes a a, a short two man advantage. And and then uh, when the U.S. finally scores, okay, when Jimmy Snuggeru finally scores about halfway through the second period. I got a new one too. Jimmy the Sniper Snuggerer. It should be illegal for you to come up with these <laughs> just silly, just. Uh. It was a snipe, though. It was a snipe. Oh, anyway. yeah, it was. I mean, there's no question. There's no, no, there's no question. And then um, Gavin Brindley makes it 2 nothing. That gets in Florida. Why, why not let him go wild? Well,. Yeah, well, there's there's a <laughs> lot of kids from the quote unquote non traditional. Uh, oh, is Florida non traditional? I was not aware of that. 
Well, I know, shocking, right? Um, <laughs> you know, and you know the uh, the the U.S. got a a power that was a power play goal, and it just kind of it 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 just kind of like broke the Norwegians' back, so to speak. You you could see the difference in the play again as the tide shifted after that goal, the first goal by Snuggerud. Uh, the U.S. gets a, a second power play goal or a second goal from, from Brindley uh, early in the third period. And you're like, okay, here comes the blowout. Uh, but uh, the Norwegians get a nice shorthanded goal to make it 3-1. to one. You know what I don't like to hear? What? Shorthanded goals on the U.S. team. I don't want to hear them against the U.S. team. I don't want to hear them against Denver. I don't want to hear them against. Well, listen, I, listen. You know, teams. sometimes I don't like shorthanded goals. Sometimes you have to tip your cap to the guys on the other team. You made a nice play. Okay, okay. I'll go with that. And he's Norwegian, so again, you know. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, and and he, you know, and 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 then the U.S. Um, you know, gets the power play goal like 20 seconds later to shut it down. Um, as Isaac Howard gets a tip in as the U.S. goes back up by three. I mean, the U.S. outshot Norway 18-2 to two in the third period. And to kind of talk about uh, what I mentioned, because this is the bottom of the recap, uh, the last time the U.S. played the Norwegians in the World Juniors, was 18 years ago. That's a long time. That yeah, is a yeah. long time. So, um, you know, again, uh, there were some some other things that I noticed in the tournament today. Um, I was kind of disappointed in the Chechens in their game. Uh, Slovakia waxed them. I did not see the team that I've seen the last couple of years against the U.S., that was physical, and I know it's a rivalry game, but I did not see the kind of play in that game against Slovakia that we've seen in the past couple of years against the Chechens uh, from the Chechens. Um, you know, and that kind of surprised me. Sweden playing at home, winning six nothing, doesn't really you know against the Latvians. I mean, the Latvians are, you know, have been or obviously if you're in this tournament, you're at a certain level. Careful now, I've got two favorite Latvians. One is my oh, favorite. Oh, stop it! I'm not going back. We're gonna go back into the Bunces and 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 uh, this whole married Latvian and not married thing. I got two favorite ones. Anyway. <sighs> I'm going to let you talk about the Canadian game while I get Coach Frank Territory on the phone, and then I'll let you know when I'm back. Oh, well, that's good. At least I have somebody to come back that I want to talk to anyway. <laughs> one right. and... Yeah. Well, um, what about Frank? You don't want to talk to <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, Frank, too. Yeah. Yeah, because oh, okay. what... I'll get him yeah. on here in just a minute. Okay. Um, as far as the Canadians are concerned, tight game going into the third period, a two-to-one Canada lead. Um, you know, the Canadians are not the quote unquote fate that it seems that they normally are, but they're, you know, and I don't know if that's just semantics 
or not. Uh, the Finns actually took, you know, we're like I said, we're in this game for a while. Uh, you know, Canada scores first. It actually takes a 2-0 lead uh, before Finland gets a power play goal late in the, thir- in the second period. Um, the one thing you know is you cannot take penalties in this in this tournament because that will kill you. You know, uh, just like any other tournament, and you know, I'm sure that the coach will agree with us. You okay, know, when speaking he comes of the coach, and, he he said yeah. he's uh, got some stuff going on there. He's going to come on in about 15 minutes, so okay, got a that's more fine. Over and then bring him on. So we got a little. That's fine. We have plenty of stuff to talk about. Just wanted to give um, you an update. So, did you get to? I appreciate uh, that. Uh, Macklin Celebrini yet? Because you know, he's I was your just guy, about right? to. Is he your guy? Well, honestly, is he my guy? I mean, listen. You heard you know, me. If, yeah. Is he your guy? <laughs> you know, he's he's he scored a sniper goal. You know, for for Team Canada today. Uh, I came up with one for him. Macklin the Celly Celebrini. Stop, please. Just stop. And by the way, this is this is again that nonsense of quote game winning goal. Just because he scored the third goal and Finland scored two. He didn't win the game. That wasn't the game when it's not like it oh, was an overtime. That, that goal. might be debatable. That might be debatable. Uh listen, <laughs> did it did, every time he's on the ice, he might win the game. Well, he might, but it uh, I'm talking about from a statistical nature. Okay, cool. I'll go with that. Again, you can't go in the penalty. You know, you can't, you can't go in the penalty box against Canada. And you know, Finland for the most part stayed out. But you know, again, you know, this is, uh, you know, you have to stay out of the penalty box. You know, uh, if I, if I, I, I hate reading these international box scores. Jesus. They're so bad. I, I I don't know who decided that this is a good format, but it's awful. It's just awful, you know. Um, just brutal. I but mean, bottom line it is, the Canadians were good. They were impressive. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, they're good. I mean, you know, like I said, I keep hearing, especially from Canadian media, how the U.S is a heavy favorite in this tournament. Maybe they are. I don't I don't look at the Vegas odds for the World Juniors. But don't make it sound like oh, the woe is me. Canada's got no chance to win this thing. Are you kidding? <laughs> Stop when, it. When, when you got Sally Celebrini on your team, you always got a chance. <sighs> uh, you know, I, I thought, um, like I said, I... I I don't think that the Canadian goalie was 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 tested too much, you know. Where where Trey Augustine was 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 tested uh, a bunch, especially midway through the first period, through midway through the second period. You know, um, I thought Mathis Rousseau for Canada. I mean, he made twenty four saves, but. I'm not sitting here and being like, oh, wow, he was this, and oh, wow, he was that. He did make one really, really good save. But that's, you know, that's, as I as, as I 
as I do the recall in my head. Um, and I'm not. Well, here's yeah, the I'm thing, not, Paul. I'm not if knocking. He doesn't. Just he wasn't. If he doesn't make that really big save, then Sully Celebrini doesn't have the game winner. <sighs> Let me know if you hear the ice clinking in my cup. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Call icing? <laughs> no, I want you to stop using these dumb nicknames. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, so anyway, they get off to today one. No real surprises. No, uh, no. Along the way, day two tomorrow, the U.S. will have off, correct? Yeah, correct. The Canadians will play, however. Uh, yeah, we'll look at the schedule here. Um, I, I kind of keep flipping back and forth here on these. I did. I just saw a quick, uh, a quick yeah, tweet. Yeah, they're, they're playing Latvia. X USS, on that. Uh, we call it Twitter. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, the two teams that didn't play today, the Swiss and the Germans, will play their first games. Um, I'll be very interested in in the Chechen Norwegian game after the way things went today. Yeah. Um, because I think everybody just assumed, and by everybody, I guess I mean just you and I. Because really, who else do I talk to? <laughs> um. <laughs> Um, that the Chechens would be <laughs> battling the U.S. for the top spot, but I don't know after today. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I think they uh, they got a lot of improving to do quickly. And like and, I said, I was um, surprised by it. I, I, I expected. So I guess that was the one surprise today, huh? Well, yeah, I guess I, I try not to look at surprises as negative things, but, um, you know, I, I guess I expected. And maybe they just had an off day. Maybe they just had an off day. Now they'll probably play with a lot of desperation tomorrow. As I'm so sure what, do you think, what do you think Norway is going to come out with? Because they had to gain some confidence knowing that they stay close. Well, with that's the what US. I just—that's what I just said. I'm sure the Norwegians will come out with some desperation too, because you don't want to go down two nothing. You don't want to go down oh right. right. two. You don't want to be the 0-2 team. Yep. Right to to have a chance to advance to the medal round. Um, and like I said, I. I just surprised, like I said, at the lack of physical play by the Chechens. Uh, maybe it you would think, considering they were playing the Slovaks, that it's a bit of a rivalry game. And it just it wasn't. It just wasn't to be. And yeah. And the Slovakians dominated. So. I mean, we'll 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 get a better idea, I guess, after the next couple of days as we get to see these teams a second time. But that's probably the most interesting game on the schedule tomorrow. The Slovaks are playing the Swiss. The Finns are playing the Germans. Um, a little bit of an advantage not having that back-to-back to start, but I guess, you know, everybody's got to do it. So, um, And the Latvians are playing the Canadians. Um, yeah, but, that would be a good one. I think it'll be better than people are expecting. Well, it could be, right? I mean, but those teams, at least after the one, you know, after one day, are what kind of we expected them to be. Um, those the two teams in the Norwegian Chechen game are not after the first night. 
So the the ability to rebound. Um, and I would say that the Norwegians, even though they lost, had a much more positive day than the Chechens. So, um, you know, you, you, you have to shrug it off for various reasons, no matter which team you are. Because, again, you can't go down, you can't go to 0-2. Yep, you are correct. Okay, let's do this. Let's take a quick break, and uh, okay. then I'll give Coach a couple more minutes, and then we'll come back and, uh, and dig into the um, Fiserv tournament in Wisconsin, which uh, the Air Force Falcons are participating in. We'll be right back. On the nation's best college hockey conference, we bring you closer to the action all season long with access to exclusive on-demand content and more than 140 live games. Catch every big goal and clutch save when you can't be there. We have you covered here. Stream on your phone, computer, or straight to your TV, and don't miss a moment from your favorite team. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move. Stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. After a hard day at work or a long week, what's better than good comfort food to put you at ease? At the Spaghetti Shack, we say the answer is comfort food that's made by somebody else. The Spaghetti Shack has taken spaghetti and meatballs, the classic Italian comfort food, to a portable level. ASU alumni owned and operated the Spaghetti Shack has three locations. At 6340 South Rural Road in Tempe, the ASU location at 922 East Apache Road, and 952 West White Mountain Road in Pine Top. For lunch, dinner, or catering as well, call us at 480-687-2485 or order online at thespaghettishack.com. Coming to you from the nchc.tv studios, ITHSW Podcast presents College Hockey West Weekly. Indeed it is College Hockey West Weekly. Scott Strandy with you tonight. From Carlsbad, California. Another beautiful, sunshiny, 70-degree day here in the, the Pacific Ocean, right off the coast. My co-host, though, as always, 
out on Long Island, New York, where it's festive, beautiful, sunny, gumdrops, rainbows, everything that is Long Island, New York, all generates and, and resonates from Mastic, New York. You're all clearly on clearly on crack. <laughs> you you are clearly on crack because uh, I mean, uh, what? Other... I got a lot into that. I got a lot into that one. Gumdrops and what? Rainbows. Jeez. Rainbows. Yeah. Is, is that, can you see rainbows through the fog and the and the damp and the wet and the rain and oh, all that other okay. nonsense? Okay, let's check. Maybe it's the lights from the city I see. Um, I can't see those from here. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, so before we get into more college hockey talk, um, Stephen Marsh and myself and our executive producer are all going to be at the uh, Seattle venue, the Winter Classic. It's good to be coming up in just a couple of days. It's good to be the king and the prince. That's all I have uh, to say. <laughs> what about well, the queen? You forgot about the queen. Well, she has to put up with you guys, so that's I, that's punishment enough. Um, Good point. Good point. Um, so anyway, I don't know. I think I told you this today, but when they sent me the uh, the schedule of events, they said, "Hey, on uh, uh, Saturday night, five o'clock, we're going to have a media skate. If you'd like to come and and put the skates on and, and skate on the ice." Listen, uh, before the get, team's practiced on Sunday. If you get Steven on skates, I need to no, no, he, that. No, no, he won't make it in time. He's coming down on the 30th. I told him, I said, you got to get here earlier because the practices are going to be in the morning because the players are going to want to adjust to the sunlight, right? And uh, he said, no, I'll be fine. So he's getting into uh, Seattle is, is about all, 11 on Sunday. Game start? It starts at noon on Monday, right? Right. So the, the, the Golden Knights will practice at 9, and then there'll be a, a lunch, a media meal, right. which we like. We always like those. Oh, okay. And then after that, at 11, the uh, the Kraken will uh, play. And, of course, one Joey Decord looks to be the man in net. I don't think it's been made official yet, but if he doesn't start, I would be shocked. So a pretty big honor for the former Arizona State goaltender. Yeah. yeah. Also oh, a whole awesome. bunch of other college players playing in this so we'll be watching to see who uh, the golden knights put out in goal and of course uh former university of north dakota fighting sue head sue. coach dave haxell coaching right. for seattle right. so uh and, and lots way, of connections to, to college hockey right but if the game starts at noon what are they worried about the sun for because You're it's going to be right the... overhead <laughs> well yeah they shouldn't have to worry about the sun at that point why won't it be right overhead and glaring on the ice yeah, overhead. Yeah, over the. I know, but you got to. Won't be in anybody's I, eyes. I know, but you got to adjust to it. You got to. Uh, you got to adjust to outdoor light. So I'm well, sure they want to. Also, they want to practice this. Yeah, they do, but they want to practice as close right? to. Yes, but they want to uh, practice as close to game time. Oh no, I get uh, that. Yeah, I so totally that's, understand that. Not like they're going to go at five o'clock. Plus, the Seahawks play up there. And they're going right. to play a game uh, that should end about four thirty on Sunday. So, well, good luck getting out of there. Yeah, yeah, shush. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I'm not not looking good forward luck. to that at all. But good luck, anyway. by the way, getting in there. Yeah, well, I'm going to have to be in there real early anyway. So, real early. I'll be in there early and then uh, go from there. So, 
<laughs> I guess they got shuttle buses running from the Hyatt Regency. So once I get this all logistically figured out, I'll just go to the Hyatt Regency, I hope, and hop on a shuttle and go back and forth. But anyway. Yeah, that, we'll, would, uh, that, would, that would mean things work as planned. Yeah, exactly. We all know how that yep. works, doesn't it? Anyway. Well, the, the proper thing is we all know how it doesn't work. <laughs> that would be Sunday, Monday. I'm going to let you uh, tee us up here in a second for the teams playing in the Pfizer because it's a really good tournament where uh, Coach Territory is right now in their hotel, I believe, and uh, I'll get him on here in just a couple of minutes. But um, I'll let you yeah, tee well, it up to who's playing who and when, if you can, and then well, uh, I'll bring Coach on and we'll get his thoughts. Well, it's going to be very interesting because, uh, unfortunately, uh, your Bulldogs lost uh, their top-line center this weekend. Yeah, that was uh, bad news. Yeah, um, you know, listen. Sometimes you just you you just struggle in class, and sometimes, you know, we don't normally. You know what, hear. though, Paul? In this in this day and age, with the tutors and all of that, gosh, I don't know. I, I just it's have hard. A hard I, I, it's I hard to do I that. I don't want. Listen, and I don't know what the problem. To, you, listen, you're talking to somebody that that struggled in, at at. At, at, at me times. too <laughs> so I, I i'm not i'm sympathetic and empathetic and i'm not trying to uh but but let's be honest here if you're a student athlete right now and you're on scholarship going, yes but we don't know what's going on behind the scenes right but i mean they, they give you every resource possible right to, just, to help you stay eligible so and i just bring it anyway. up i just bring it up mostly because uh, your Bulldogs are struggling on the ice as it is. And now you yeah, have they don't need to lose Cole Spike. Yeah, good and idea. I wasn't even going to mention All the right. guy's name, but okay. Uh, and I right. have to go in and play. Well, you you do what you got to do. Today, so. um, you know. Uh, okay, you uh, you talk about that while I get coach on. Okay, they, they are facing a struggling Northeastern team, which we're not used to seeing. Uh, Northeastern one and six in hockey East play five and eight, five eight and one overall. Um, you know we're not used to seeing those kinds of 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 numbers from 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 the Huskies. Um, and you know we'll see if the second half, uh, you know, the, where they turn that around. Um. Okay, Paul, I've, uh, I've yeah. got the head coach from Air Force, Frank Territory, with us vacationing, I understand, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin tonight. Coach, nice. how are you? How are, how are things you through know, the holidays? You know what? The sun is shining, nice. and the palm trees are blowing in the wind. Like, it could, <laughs> like you, couldn't, you, couldn't, you couldn't get it any better than it is in, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin right now. Nice. Well, I know nice. one thing. The Air Force Falcons are fired up to be there. I know they're fired up to take on Wisconsin right off the get-go. So uh, tell us a little bit about building up to this point. How's it been for you guys, and and um, are you ready to take on the Big Red? Well, you know what? It, like college hockey, by the way, Paul, how are you doing, buddy? We're doing good. I hope you uh, had a, a good holiday weekend here, and – you know, uh, I, I can't complain too much. It's it's always nice to have a few days off. And, uh, you know what? 
it, it, it was. And, you know, it's nice to have a couple weekends where your lips aren't puckered up to the max. And, oh, yeah. Uh,
Well, Coach, let, let, me, let me put it to you this way. If people want a, a further breakdown of this, and, and this is one of the questions I had for you because your team is a lot Paul, younger. You're, you're, you're breaking up a little, Paul. You're breaking up. What uh, was oh, that? I go, get, I was going to bring bring this specifically to your team, Coach. Um, your team is a lot younger than my mental picture of your team. Um, and you guys are in the conference race um, for a home first round series uh, despite being in ninth place and because you guys have so many games to make up but you got the whole the whole league is in the mix just about for that first round uh, home series and and, and 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 buys and however they have it set up this year and you guys are young even you with, know even I, with um, I, I, I only caught I only caught part of what you said but I'll tell you, I'll give you something, again, from my conversation, and I hope I'm coming through clearly on the air. But uh, Yeah, you are. Bob and my brother Tom and I were uh, in that little establishment in St. Paul visiting. Like we were talking about, and I remember leaving my guys uh, in early December saying, guys, I need, I need to, we're just trying hard to squeeze a little bit more out of every guy. And my brother, we meet, we get together, we're sitting there. My brother, we just, uh, unsolicited, says, I had a meeting with my guys saying, I, I want X percentage of, of effort out of each guy. Uh, and, and Bob said, you know, uh, said the same thing. I'm paraphrasing, but saying, said the same thing, like, about getting a little bit more out of each and every one of his guys. So, like, collectively, we're all right there. And the teams that are able to, get a little bit more out of each guy and elevate their game a little bit are the ones that are going to be, come February and March, are going to be the ones that are sitting in good position at playoff. The ones that, that fail to do that are the ones that, that are going to fall behind and, and, and not get good playoff positioning and, and uh, probably not having a happy ending to the story. But, but um, again, the bottom line is if things are so tight, what eventually what's going to make a difference it's those teams that play together, that bond, that are able to maximize their potential. They're the ones that are going to be able to, to come out uh, uh, ahead of things and and uh, and finish in a little bit better playoff position. Maybe get home ice and uh, you know over somebody else. Whatever uh, you know, peaking at the right time. But everybody, you know, for the most part, they're you know what guys. For the most part, this year in college hockey, there's. There's a half dozen, six, eight teams that are doing really, really well. That are in the double digits. That are really, that are kind of clipping along. And then there's, you know, there's six or eight teams that are that are floundering for whatever reason. But in the middle, there is a glob of freaking teams that are winning a game, losing a game. You know, the first half of the year, like like we 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 split every weekend except for the Denver CC. We lost that weekend, and we swept at Army. Every other weekend, it's you win one, you lose one. And, you know, like, trust me, when all the teams are relatively close, like, you know, when you win on Friday night, like, those teams Saturday, they don't want to get swept. They're coming back. They're coming back with vengeance. And, it, it, like, it's so hard to beat a comparable team two nights in a row. And everybody, like I said, is, you know, uh, uh, their their rosters, you know, personnel wise, are 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 pretty equal. Their 
the durability uh, is pretty equal. And, you know, so when it's all said and done, who's going to finish out ahead? It's that team that it's, there's those teams that can find a way to maximize their potential and get a little bit more every night, you know, every night than, than those teams that don't. And it's a fine line. It's a fine margin. But that's that's college hockey right now. And, and I don't see it changing because uh, there's more. I'll tell you what, there's more players that can play Division One hockey than there are locker rooms available. Now, I'm not saying there's a lot of guys out there that can make a difference, but there's because there, there isn't. I mean, the difference makers are hard to find, just like they've always right. been hard to find. But uh, but finding guys that can play, it's not hard to find guys that can play. Hey, Frank, Coach, have you ever – no, it's one more, I just one more tag on. Uh, hopefully uh, this comes across better, but, I mean – I, I, we watched ASU play Dartmouth, and I know the IVs are a little different, as you mentioned. But their record on the season is two, three, and six. I've never seen anything like that before. And every game they play is a one-goal game. You know what? We one night, Joe Doyle and I, uh, my associate head coach, who's fantastic, by the way. But anyway, he and I were looking at the scores one night, and we went through all the scores in college hockey, and. And every game, this was on a, on a Saturday night. It was back a few weeks ago. But every game, I think with the exception of two, with the exception of two games, every game was a one-goal game. And, and the ones that were two-goal games were, were somebody scored an empty net. So every goal was either, every game was tied or one-goal win or somebody scored an empty net goal. Every freaking game. I mean, in college <laughs> college. That, that's how it is. You know, it's, um, oh, God, I mean, I'm telling you, it, like, it's putting it's putting more gray hair on this gray head right now. <laughs> like, it just is, like, it, but you know what? It's, it's not exactly the greatest thing for my health, but uh, I'll tell you what, it's a, it's a, it's a great thing for, for the fan base of college hockey. If you go, like I said, right now, college hockey, one-third, of the, over one-third of the players, uh, uh, going to the NHL from college hockey. If you're going in our state, Colorado, if you're going to watch a game at uh, at Denver, you're seeing really good hockey. If you're going to see a game uh, at Colorado College, you are seeing good hockey. If you're going to see a, a game at Air Force, you are seeing good hockey. If you're going to Bullet Arena to see college hockey, you are seeing you're seeing really good hockey. I mean, and I want to say, like, I want to say, like, at the higher, at, at, in the top half, like, you are easily seeing American League hockey because those teams, our teams right now, are older to a man than a lot of those teams are in the American League right now. <laughs> yeah, good stuff, Coach. I saw it um, last uh, Saturday night. I saw Coachella Valley and um, Bakersfield, and Bakersfield top line had a North Dakotan centering two Denver players, and they were the best line on the ice. So there you go. Um, okay, I want. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. I want to ask you this: the four teams that are in your tournament, um, you know, Minnesota Duluth may be having a down year, but they're still extremely competitive. Wisconsin with a new coach and Mike Hastings, Northeastern, and then you guys. This might be one of the best holiday tournaments going on. No doubt. 
And I mean, when you think Northeastern and Air Force are the underdogs, and, <laughs> and, and the Duluth team that's down is right there, and then uh, you know, obviously, my old my my old uh, player, my Mike Hastings, played for me in Austin and Rochester in the early USHL years, the mid '80s. Arguably the best coach in college hockey right now. It's got you know he's resurrected the Badgers. Uh, no, like this is this is a a big time tournament, a big time venue, and uh, we are awfully excited to to get out there and uh, and uh, take a run at those Badgers and see what we can do. I mean, uh, like uh, hey, they're, they're number six in the country right now, and deservedly so. And uh, and uh, let me tell you, you know, uh, Mike Hastings. Uh, as much as he was a handful to coach at times, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was a character. Uh, uh, and uh, he was fun to be around, both on the ice and off the ice. And uh, uh, if I if I were to have a player that would, they would have said would end up being the greatest coach in college hockey for a period of time, I would never have guessed him in a million years. But uh, he's a smart guy. He's He was a great teammate. He was a really good little player. And uh, he's a terrific coach. He knows, he matter-of-factly knows what he's doing. And uh, uh, one thing with uh, with our games on, uh, our game with them on Thursday night, uh, we know full well we're going to be playing against a team that's going to be miserably hard to play against. But uh, does that sound a little bit familiar with uh, the Air Force Falcons? Yeah. Boy, does it ever. Does it ever. Um, okay, no, we there's got... a lot of coaches that say that about you guys. So, <laughs> Paul Paul's got a question about goaltending that he's wanted to ask every goaltender, coach, player, <sighs> goaltender, whatever. So I'm gonna let him get that in there in just a minute, Frank. But I have a question about the pairwise, and I know you're gonna have to be partial on this because you're a coach. But uh, as a fan, as a outside person looking in. I'm a little frustrated with the pairwise, and and the reason I say that is, um, when I started this company, I did it to grow the game, right? And people text me all the time, and I'm going to use ASU as an example because they're an independent. But when they have a 13 win season, and only one team has more wins in college hockey, from the fan perspective, they're looking at it and they're going like, "How can this team be 12, 13, 14, 16, wherever they are in the pairwise?" And, and how can they be so far down there um, where, where the 14 team is number six and then there's 13 and 12 win teams? It gets a little frustrating, I think, for the fans. Uh, your thoughts on the pairwise? And I know at the end they seem to get it right, but is it frustrating um, going along the way and, and wondering what you can do to elevate your team? Well, I mean, first of all, like it's tough to beat the power conferences. Uh, the power conferences, the, the, the Big Ten in particular, has become it's a, it's a league of all star teams, and um, you know obviously you know your records overall mean a great deal and that type of thing. Uh, but like I do think in the end, when you only have sixteen teams that make it out of, and some of those are are AQs. I mean, uh, uh, they're not at largest. When you only got so many teams that make the playoffs at the, at the end of the year um, out of 64. It's a small percentage. Uh, but I do think the system works pretty well. Now, I am not an expert on the pairwise, to be honest with you. And I, uh, the RPI, the pairwise, whatever you want to call it, I'm not an expert on that. And 
I'm not an expert on it because we're really not ever in the hunt. We're rarely in the hunt, you know, for that spot that's going to get us uh, an at-large berth. You know, to be honest with you, I would recommend give Don Lucia a call. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll text you his number if you want. Yeah. Don Lucia yeah. is a smart guy. And he's like, he, he was a smart coach and he's a smart commissioner. And like nobody knows the RPI and the pairwise better than Don Lucia does. And, um, like, I know it's frustrating for at times for, for, for people to look at that and, and see who gets in, who doesn't get in. But at the end of the year, over the last few years, as much as I'd like to think the have-nots deserve more credit, they, they just appear to – the, the system appears to get it fairly right. They do. I mean, uh, you know, last year, the non-power conferences, other than Quinnipiac, sailed miserably, you know, and uh, – and, and it is what it is, like just like in football. You have your power five and you have your group of five. And, uh, and uh, you know, the, the power five has, has, has gapped the group of five in, in a big-time way, in a big-time way. And, uh, and uh, you know, hey, the good teams are the good teams. And uh, if you want your best teams uh, in the tournament, you got to have a, a playoff uh, like you have to have a, a selection uh, system like we have right now. And the one thing I do like uh, compared to what football has and is the fact that like Atlantic hockey, the half, they have not conferences, the non-power conferences like uh, Atlantic hockey, the CCHA, the ECAC outside of Quinnipiac. Like if you win your league, you get an AQ. You're in Cinderella gets it. Gets, Cinderella's at the dance. You know, in football, not necessarily so. Uh, next year, they are going to have an avenue for uh, one of the group of five teams to get in, but I still don't think it's going to be like we have in, in hockey and like we have even more so in basketball. Okay, I'm going to let Paul ask right. the goaltender question because well, you're see, an expert, former goaltender. <laughs> oh, see, well, that see, all right, so, so now I get to ask two questions. Okay, and I'll let the coach answer them, assuming he can hear me clearly, uh, in whatever order he wishes to answer them. Um, number one, uh, as long as we're talking about the pairwise. Scotty, Paul, Scotty, can you uh, kind of see what he's saying? In my iPhone call, yep. he's breaking it out. I can't okay. hear Yeah, that's I'll, fine. I'll Tell me, Paul, what you want. Okay, first of all, with a pairwise uh, – does does he feel that tournament expansion, not team expansion, but adding more teams to the tournament is close? And B, you know my my issue with the goaltending and them going yep. down. Yep. Let me ask him. Not even okay. past the red line. So Frank, uh, Paul wants to know um, in the pairwise, do you think it's, it's close right now in the tournament field? So they're going to be adding some new, be a twenty team tournament, twenty four team tournament, or is that still a dream? I don't think they're going to add any more teams. We only have 64. And when you look at the percentage of teams that make the playoffs compared to the percentage of teams in the basketball tournament, they have a, a certain formula that they use for that. And I, I don't see the tournament expanding at all. I see it being a 16-team tournament for, for quite some time unless there's a significant increase in uh, in, in teams that go, um, that go Division One. Okay, and here's the goaltending question. Paul's frustrated 
with the way he perceives and sees goaltenders going down. Uh, in Paul's words, he thinks when the puck comes over the blue line, goaltenders are dropping down to their knees a lot more than they used to. A, is that true? And B, is that something that you think is uh, a constructive way to, to play goaltender in NCAA hockey? Well, first of all, I think it's the way it is. The way the, 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 the goalies are uh, equipped today, they can drop in front of shots and not risk their life. If I would have dropped in front of shots like that back in my day, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. I would be I would be pushing daisies. Like, uh, like uh, there, there's no way you could do that with the feeble equipment we had, uh, you know, face masks and helmets and those types of things. So it, it is what it is. And basically... What you're seeing now, and if you watch the NHL real close, it starts there. Like these, these, these teams. Everybody, we're training our players to move our move the puck laterally, east to west, west to east, and we're turning those pucks around because you've got to you've got to get those goalkeepers moving when they're out set. They're they're awfully hard to beat because they're big, they're tight, they they drop down. There's nothing low. Like, I mean, you have to get lucky to find a hole on a goalie. But, so, you know, so now you've got, to, you've got to attack and you've got to try to move pucks laterally and you've got to turn those pucks around. And I think, you know, uh, Chuck Delich and I were talking about today, back in the day, Bobby Hall, Mike Bossy, like guys that were uh, natural goal scorers, they did that naturally. They turned pucks around. They got a pocket. They didn't catch it and look and survey and then shoot. No, when they got it, they got it, and they one-timed it or they shoveled it. Like, that puck was going towards the net, and the, the great goal scorers do that. And today, it's not just the great goal scorers. It's got to be in everybody's repertoire. You have to be able to turn pucks around quickly. And, uh, you know, sometimes the goalie's going to get there, but he might not be square, and there's holes. And, you know, I had a player back in uh, 2008, 2009, 2010, named Jacques Lamoureux. And his dad was a goalie at North Dakota, Pierre. And and Pierre taught Jacques and his brothers, like, I like how to score goals. And, and, and it's about getting pucks on the net and getting them off your tape quickly. You want to, if you want to catch the puck and then shoot it, you're giving that goalie another, like, another half second, uh, a second, half second to be able to get in position. And once the goalie gets into position, good luck with that, especially with the goalies of today that are that are so athletic and the majority of them are so big. Yeah, I think that probably answered his question, but um, mm. Paul, you got, any, you got any more you want to add to that that I can relate? Well, you, know what, you know what, guys? I, I just don't think, how can you mandate that goalies can't go down, that they can't no, drop no, no, down. No, 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 Like, yeah, like, how do you do that? I mean. No, uh, no, I, I think he's saying, he, he doesn't, he just thinks that they're, they're exposing too much of the top of the net um, yeah. by dropping down so early. And, and that's something well, he's noticing, but uh, I, I kind of well, think I know what fair, you're talking about. Well, and that's a fair statement, but if, if you're, if a, if a big goalie, is allowed. It's like a defensive with gap control. If your gap is good and you drop down, like if they shoot over your shoulder, it's going to go over the net. Now, if you're back on the goal line and you drop down, you're vulnerable up top. But if your but if your gap is good, not necessarily so. And the other thing is, like 
the real good goal scorers, I like I'm a big believer in this. I remember Chuck Grillo, yeah, I worked for Chuck years ago, uh, up at Minnesota hockey camp. And uh, he was a, a scout forever in the NHL, scout with New York and San Jose and, and, and uh, uh, Pittsburgh. He has a Stanley Cup ring from Pittsburgh. But his philosophy was the true goal scorers, the guys that really can score goals, the true goal scorers are the ones that can go underneath the bar. Those are the guys. Those are the true goal scorers. So by dropping down the butterfly, those guys that aren't real snipers are going to uh, they're, they, they're going to fire a lot of pucks high and wide that are going to lead the other team in the breakout. And then and, and uh, yeah, that that real gifted goal scorer is going to be able to go under the bar on you. But at least you're making them. You're like my thing with my guys is make them make a good shot to score. You know, don't let something just go through you. Make them make a good shot to score. And uh, and I think, you know, right now uh, the goaltending in, in hockey has never been better than it is today uh, from top to bottom. I mean, these guys, these guys are well coached and uh, they're athletic uh, for the major- for the, the, at the higher levels. They're big men. So, I mean, how much, you know, how much farther above the blue paint do you need to be when you're 6'3"? You know, like how far do you have to be before you drop in that butterfly and there still isn't much to shoot at in the upper quarters, you know? Yeah, yeah, good stuff, Coach. Uh, Paul, do you have anything more I can add quickly? Well, just I I hope his players are excited to play this weekend, uh, embrace the the challenge, and and I'm just curious, uh, these holiday tournaments, they treat them a little, and I have no context, so this is why I ask. The only context I have is I know bowl games, part of the 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 experience is what they do before the games start and and whatever dinners and all that. They have those things at these tournaments too. Frank, I don't know if you well, heard I that. Did like, you hear that? Like these games, I, I heard Paul. Yeah, I, I, these games count for us. Bowl games. Right. Like I'm, I'm sick of the bowl system. I'm tired oh, of two six, and six games going out and playing, and then at the end of the game, somebody goes seven and six and they raise a trophy. I think it's a freaking joke, to be honest with you. And what's even more of joke in the in the football bowl games, to me, is, is the fact that unless you're playing in one of the bowl games that decide the national championship, the better players aren't even playing. They're not playing. Well, that's... They don't want to get hurt. And uh, <laughs> well. so I, I think I can't wait till. Well, Division One gets to uh, gets to a twelve team playoff because I just think that th- there's a bunch of games that that nobody really cares about unless unless you're a fan of either one of those teams. Like nobody really cares, and and, and how much do the players care? Well, do all the players on both teams play in that particular game? It's a it's oh, I get it. rare where you have the better players in both teams playing. Now we're playing Wisconsin, and there's. There's a lot on the table. I mean, Wisconsin's looking, uh, you know, to, to finish high uh, in the RPI and the pairwise. You know, we're looking to, to elevate ourselves and get momentum and traction for our Atlantic season. Like, these, these games really, they matter in every shape, way, shape, and form for both Wisconsin and Air Force. And uh, okay. if we play Northeastern, we play Duluth. These games absolutely matter, and they matter to every player that's playing in the game. And, uh, oh, by the way, like the better players aren't opting out just because it's a tournament game. No, it's an in-season tournament game. They're playing. Everybody's playing. So 
Um, no, like we couldn't be okay. more excited to play. And uh, let me tell you, Mike Hastings is going to be telling those guys he's going to have historically, you know, all the games where we've knocked off teams. Michigan State this year, Minnesota, uh, yeah, Michigan, uh, St. Cloud State. Like he's going to have all the people that 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 doubted us, doubted us and fell victim to us. No, trust me. Mike Hastings will have the Wisconsin Badgers ready. Uh, Frank Sinatori is going to have his Air Force Falcons ready as well. Uh, and I think the, the real question from Paul was off the ice, Coach. Are they taking good care of you? You got meals and you got supporters and you, you guys got a little swag bag, stuff like that going off the ice? Oh, yeah. And the, the biggest thing for us, our guys don't have school right now. They don't have 21 <laughs> credit hours wearing them down. They're actually just really, right, this is one of the rare times where they just get to be hockey players. You know, um, and uh, so no, no, there's going to be no excuses. Uh, hey, obviously we took some time off, but so did Wisconsin. We're going to yeah. be a little rusty. They're going to be a little rusty. And, uh, you know, we're going to be the underdog in the game. We know that. And uh, a big thing for us, boys, is going to be getting through that first period. You know, oh, you yeah. can't win a lot of games. You're not going to win a lot of games in the first period, but you can lose a lot. And uh, we got to be ready. we got to make sure that game doesn't get away from us early. And if it doesn't, the later that game goes and it stays tight, the more the advantage uh, sways over to the Falcons. Coach, I'll let you go on this one. I had a chance to visit with Luke Rowe a month ago, or uh, your great uh, SID, Dave Taller, hooked us up. But uh, when I was talking to him and talking about uh, how he'd been named Player of the Week several times um, already this year, and he deflected everything to his uh, defense partner, Chris Hadden. How good has Chris Hadden been in your eyes? Uh, Head's a really talented kid. He's got to learn. Uh, he's got to learn to manage the game better, you know. But he's got all the things you can't teach. I mean, he's sturdy. He's strong. He's offensive minded. He's skilled to the gills. Um, he's just got to. He's got to. He's got to learn to. to uh, he's. He, he just needs time uh, to become better. To manage the game better. To become better a little bit defensively. But uh, he's a legit talent. Uh, uh, Head. And as far as Luke Rowe goes, one of the finest young men I've ever coached. Like he's, like uh, uh, Rowe, Rowe is is fantastic, and he's going to deflect uh, all that onto his teammates and that type of thing. But the bottom line is, the last time I had a guy that that was named Player of the Week as many times as Luke Rowe was, uh, it, to be honest with you, those players ended up being all Americans. And uh, and to be honest with you. I don't think Chuck Lamoureux, uh, Eric Ean, Greg Flynn, either any of them got Player of the Week in as much as many times as Luke Rowe has already. And the league is better now than it was from top to bottom than it was back in those days. And uh, so, you know, Luke Rowe's special, special uh, player, special person. Uh, you know, love that kid. Love him. Coach, appreciate your time as always. Uh, best of luck on Thursday and Friday, and uh, we'll catch up with you real soon. Okay, boys and Scotty. Just so you know, those uh, those uh, shower sandals and uh, <laughs> those uh, beverage holders, the things you gave me uh, for my boys, I gave them to them for Christmas. And man, it was a gigantic home run! Gigantic home run! Oh, I love it! Love it! Well done! Thanks, Coach. Be safe up there in Wisconsin. Okay, boys. Good talking to you as always. All right. That's the head coach from Air Force.
Frank Saratori. Paul, we've already got everything in, so uh, just a couple <sighs> minutes left. But your thoughts, uh, and my apologies, I don't know why he couldn't hear you because I could hear you just fine. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's fine. But anyway, it's technology. Yeah, it but your thoughts yeah. on uh, on his thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are that I just wish we could get a nice round table and just let it go. You know me. I I want to see uh, Frank. How, how and, about we? And, and, and how about we bring Frank, uh, Rick Zombo, and Rick Tom Zombo, Spertori and Bob Motzko? Oh, oh <laughs> I am. I am so. I wonder. I, I am so down Hastings, for that. Want to bring Hastings in too? Make five. I, bring them. Let's I don't know, bring them all and just let it go. Yeah, oh my did you God, get the just, common theme here? Uh, coach territory is either coached with or coached everybody in college hockey. <laughs> yeah, well, that's obvious. Um, uh, it's just, I just one day, just yeah, I don't even care if we'd have to record it because we obviously <laughs> would, and 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 broke it down over three shows because that would just be, uh, just uh. uh a whirlwind of just, and I don't even know if three shows would be enough to cover how long it would no. go. No, no, no. <laughs> it just, three, oh, three one of these days it's going to happen. Yeah, three, three <laughs> anyway, hour shows maybe. Maybe. I, I do want to shout out, I don't, be... know if you, I don't know if you saw it today, but Coach Zombo uh, is going into a St. Louis um, Hall of Fame. Hockey Hall of Fame, yeah. So yeah, on the, on the 24th of August uh, next year. So uh, I did see uh, that. Congratulations, the coach. I did get a message from my Christmas time yesterday. He sent me a, a Merry Christmas one. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's an exciting time. I think Frank hit it right in the head. It's never been better. Um, his, his thoughts on goaltending, I, I, I don't know if that helped uh, clear things up for what you're seeing, but uh, mm. I kind of I, I get it. You know what he's saying, like, hey, with the pads and the equipment they have now, go down, cover the lower half of the ice, and make goal scorers beat you up high. Uh, if they're a true goal scorer, they might. If not, they won't. And well, maybe I, I, maybe that's the case. Because I'll tell you right now, Paul, what I'm seeing up close and personal, at least at AHL and NCAA games, is when they're on the ice, there's a lot of times they don't see pucks coming in. Guys are so good with hand-eye coordination that a lot of times pucks hit the goaltenders and they don't even know where it came from. But they're down low, and and it doesn't get by them very often. They get beat when when the puck goes side to side, and they can't move quick enough uh, to beat a pass. Well, so, I think the 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 answer with that is obvious. Uh, get stop playing with the puck. Shoot the darn thing. Just right. shoot. The and darn that's thing. exactly stop what with it. That's it. That's exactly what coach is saying. Was just uh, shoot the puck quickly and uh, work on precision. You, you know, you know, like they say, you, you got to score high if you're going to score, or you got to score on a deflection. And what do you say all the time? Crash in that, right? Well, crash when you crash that, that, that's how you get deflections past goaltenders. Because I'll guarantee you, where you know where I sit at, at ASU, and you know where I sit at Anywhere. AHL games, I'm right by the goaltender, and yeah. I can tell you many times that they don't see pucks that hit them because there's so much traffic in front, especially at the American Hockey League level. Uh, tomorrow night, I'll see it again, San Diego and, and Coachella Valley. And I can tell you that those goaltenders go down because they know they can protect the ice and they can probably see something coming shoulder height, but they can't see them down low when there's a bunch of legs and sticks and bodies. Yeah, well, I guess this is, I mean, we could probably, do, again, this is a, a well, debate I want, for 
a bunch of shows, right? Yeah, and I wanted him to hear that too, and you can get his opinion on it because we got Meninos, and I know right. you got Jeff Walkers off uh, off air. And yeah, I think that's you know it's a good discussion, but I think that's really what it's about is with the equipment they have right now, they can stay low and just let let the puck hit them. Basically, you know, if you don't wow. see it and it hits you, it's not going in the net more times than not. So. Yeah, well. Yes, obviously, you know, like I said, uh, it wouldn't be as long as a discussion as getting those four or five guys together, but, you know, (laughs) we could still have it. Uh, One other other thing uh, I wanted to mention, um, uh, somebody that uh, the czar there, Coach Saratori, is close to. um, It looks like Chad Demers is getting back behind the bench for Augustana. I think he's already back there. Yeah, and that's 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 the best you know Christmas news of you know that's that's the best news of all. And I yep, just to he's make a battler. Sure people, no doubt about it. You know, I just well, wanted to I get will, that in before we went on. Yep, I will hopefully see him very very soon as Augustana comes to Arizona State, and then I will be back the next weekend to see him open up the new Midco Arena, which by the way has signage now. The inside's getting closer and closer. It will be ready. Uh, it's good to hear. Uh, looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. All right. Take it away. From the NCHC.TV studios, Behind the Masks College Hockey West Weekly is brought to you by Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas, the best in barbecue Las Vegas style. Go to jessieraysbarbecue.com to order lunch, cater an event, or pick up a few bottles of our award-winning sauces. Behind the Mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, see our three Valley locations or behindthemask.com. By the NCHC and NCHC.TV. Subscribe to nchc.tv and catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. Tag Creative Group. Search T. Grand Rudd on redbubble.com and have us create that unique design for your business or gift-giving needs. The Spaghetti Shack, classic Italian comfort food quickly with three locations, two in Tempe, one in Pine Top, at thespaghettishack.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts Casinos Worldwide. It's where the action is in the resort or in town. FedEx, the official package delivery company of Ice Time Hockey West. Liberty University, hockey education and faith with equal passion at liberty.edu. College Hockey, Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. College Hockey West Weekly presented by Behind the Mask and all of the IcetimeHockeyWestPod.com podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app. Help others find the show by subscribing, rating, and reviewing them at ITHSW Podcasts, all one word, that's ITHSW Podcasts, all one word, on your favorite podcast platform. Behind the Masks College Hockey West Weekly and all of our weekly podcasts are part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well done, my friend. We will tell everybody to uh, join us next Sunday and Monday and Tuesday. As we uh, close out the year on the 31st on Sunday, I will be at the Winter Classic and coming to you live from there. We'll be talking about the college players that uh, are participating in that, as well as wrapping up a weekend of uh, holiday tournaments. And then, of course, Monday night, uh, we'll be back with you Tuesday night, either Sunday or Tuesday. We hope to have either Michael Weissman or Heather Weems from the NCHC. And Michael gave me a bad time because I had fat fingers today, and I sent him a message. I said, we want to talk NCHC, and I came out NCHA. He said, I'll talk NCHC, <laughs> but I'm not talking NCHA. <laughs> so Michael got go, me Michael. early. He's sharp. You He's go. sharp. All right. We'll say goodnight. Little Roger Klein, the Peacemaker, De Niro. Big thank you to Frank Saratori. Uh, big thank you to Frank Saratori for joining <laughs> us tonight. And we'll say goodnight.
Good night, everybody. Good night.